It's nice in the blanket, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Cozy? Is it cozy in there? It's nice in the blanket. It's warm and soft. You're safe, protected from all of the everything outside the blanket. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking I might not try and stop all of the reverb in the room so I can keep going in the blanket because it's warm and dark and nothing bad can come in. I mean, isn't that the dream of everyone all the time to just be in the the warm, dark, snuggly place where nothing can get to you? Yeah, like, I think if if this past week has taught me anything... It's that nowhere's safe. Aww. Nowhere, not not even not even the not even the most the most wonderful of of of, of heavenly places is safe this week. Are oh, they? oh, dear listener, nowhere's safe. Run, try and run. You'll find no sanctuary, <laughs> and it'll catch up with you in the end. All of the ghastliness. The blanket is the only sanctuary. Find a blanket <laughs> and hide. But don't do what I've had to do, which is also surround it around the monitor. Oh, God, I'm staring at a computer screen. The internet is directly burning into my eyes. (laughs) Twitter is unavoidable in the blanket. The the internet is coming from inside your safety blanket. Oh, no. It's... It's lit up everything in a neon glow. I'm like the monkey at the beginning of 28 Days Later, just forced to look at it. It's horrible in the blanket. There's no escape. There's no escape, listener. Anyway, howdy, partner. I'm a citizen now. That's something we didn't talk about last week. Oh, that's right. Congratulations, sir. Yeah. You right? How how does it feel to be an American that, that, you know, you you can now vote and be as critical of America as you like without fear of getting kicked out? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Now that you're here. Yeah. Now now that you're, 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 you know, officially in it. (laughs) Yeah. Now that you're responsible to some extent. Now, Now that you no longer have plausible deniability. Knee deep in the shit. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it, it it was only, you know, really done so I could vote. That was the only, the most important thing to me. So, so I'm glad it got done. Yeah. I'm glad it got done. I mean, I feel a little cheated doing it during uh, the quarantine, the pandemic. They told us, they said there'll be, there's normally 70 people in here with guest speakers who bring all your guests and, and your friends and all of that. And it was just nine of us. <laughs> just nine of us on chairs that were really far apart. We did the oath. They gave us things. And, um, you know, masked guards, much to sell. All right. Well, here's, here's, here's uh, as someone who has attended more than a few graduation ceremonies and so forth, how long did this last? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> here's, right. Here, here, here's where my mind is split. Because, yes. Major benefit, in and out <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Went in, sat down for a minute, waited for a man in a ponytail, which I appreciated, to come in and lead the oath. Did all that, um, got the certificates. I was on the way home within the hour, if not 45 minutes. Ooh. Brilliant. But there is one problem. Since it was... A closed off, non-socially distant, you know, socially distant affair and everything. I did not get gold plated like Johnny Five did at the end of Short Circuit 2. <gasps> Where's How my fucking short? Why aren't I in Central Park right now, covered in gold, jumping in the air saying I feel alive? 
Yet another betrayal in 2020. Just never stops. One of many. One of many. This this year is just a big betrayal. Like, it's... It's bad for everyone. And others have had it worse. But it gets a point where it's like, can we not all just just have, like, this, this rock bottom of what's bad? And then not have other things come and kick the shit out of us. Because as far as I can tell, as bad as the year has been for everyone, on an individual level, pretty much everyone I know is also just being punched in the face by the world repeatedly. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a lot this year. It's a lot. It's tough. I have watched everything I like this year go up in smoke. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> you know what? This is a fresh start, is the thing. After this year, we could start out not liking anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then we could find all new things to like. It'll be a new uh. 52 style reboot, which <laughs> everyone would, would be looking forward to. This is like the, the burning of the Library of Alexandria, but without <laughs> all of the loss. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, Jim, Jim, it's going to be okay, though, because 2020 has a guiding light that's going to save you and rescue you and fix the year. Oh, don't no, no, don't, no. De Deadly Premonition 2, Jim. Uh. Deadly Premonition 2. <laughs> You're you're a monster, Laura. You know, are a I monster. Know, I, I know. We've no, all seen we, the video. Yeah. Yeah, we have to get there, though. Now, <laughs> now look. Right. I won't go through what the past couple of years have been like for me. I won't even go through what 2020 has been like for me. You've all heard the complaints over the past few months. You can piece the whole sorry story together. But the past week or two have been especially hard for reasons I talked about in um, the Jimquisition from two weeks back. And, well, I guess from a week back uh, and, and whatnot. But it, it was all going to be fine. Like, it don't matter that I, the move here was a disaster and I had to move to another place and the thing I moved here for went up in flames and all of that. That don't matter, because Deadly Premonition 2, the game that I proudly boasted I was responsible for. <laughs> <laughs> the game in which I had utmost faith for the first time since aliens colonial marines oh. <laughs> uh, are you are you glad are you glad you willed this into existence jim don't love that's my advice to all the kids listening yes just don't have hope don't have hope right you, if you're kids you shouldn't be listening but if you are it would be a dereliction of my duty as a role model to people around the world if I did not give you that one piece of advice that you could take with you through life. Don't love a thing. <laughs> because it will only start doing impressions of witch doctors. Oh. oh. I mean, that's the thing. I When they said New Orleans, mm. I, I was mm. like, okay, there's a lot of potential there. But there's a lot of ways that goes very wrong, yeah. especially when tried to view it from uh, an outsider culture. Conrad, Conrad, uh, are you sure? It's a risk. <laughs> you're making a bold claim. You're, you're making know. it sound as if so, so Area 65 tackling New Orleans is something of a minefield. It is a little bit of a minefield. Mm. Yes, there, there are challenges there. Yeah. And, you know, it, now it can be done right. 
are they challenges if you walk to the obstacle course and then just throw a Molotov cocktail at it? <laughs> just set it ablaze. Yeah. Well, I think that ups the stakes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm talking with somewhat of a lighthearted tone because it's the only way I can process right. The past, yeah, the the emotional roller coaster of playing this amidst all of the other shit, and how this was gonna cheer me up at first, and it did for a moment. I mean, he goes into a cold storage meat locker and describes the hanging corpses as meat entertainment. <laughs> the reason he's in New Orleans is because he watched the movie Cat People, and he thought it was so realistic he had to go and see where it was filmed. That's why the plot happens. That's great. Yeah, that is great. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, there's so much in here. Like, when I first started playing it, I'm like, okay, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, which, by the end, you hope you were wrong about. <laughs> well, I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 did, uh, I did turn to Justin earlier and just said, what if, it, what if this isn't an accident? Oh, no. But, like, here's, here's the thing. I've seen the footage. I've seen the terrible frame rate that goes on in the open world. Oh, I mean, world here's and... the thing, right? Yeah. We've talked about the... the let's York does accents, right? Yeah. I know we're going to talk about the trans issues. Um, yeah. Which, fucking God. Um, but I do want to point out, like, all of this is on top of the fact that it is broken... And not in a way you think is good. This is something that's going to be really difficult to describe. Because I talk about the frame rate being dodgy, and I've already seen it. People are like, well, that just sounds like Deadly Premonition. Holy fuck no. First of all, the original Deadly Premonition was $20, not 50 And second yeah. of all, this is actual phys physical pain at times. Like, we're talking, like sub 15 frames per second maybe sub 10 at times it's beyond the pale so you know this game has something for everyone if you want to be upset right even if you love racism and transphobia right even if you're jk rowling you still won't get past the frame rate well here's here's the thing having watched it like I think if the frame rate was the only problem with this, I could probably put up with it. I'd go. Yeah, I could probably tolerate that. That's an unforgivable frame rate, but like, I'm willing to put up with that in order to get meat entertainment. That right. sounds great. I was soldiering through it for the nuggets of gold. Yeah, I can. Like, I'm not. So I'm not the sort of person who generally gets too concerned or up in arms about frame rate. That is fucking horrendous. Like, yeah, it's really bad. Like I've even seen some people like that. Oh, you're getting too hung up on frame rate. It's like. There are f I, I forgive a lot. Mm -hmm. I had good things to say about the Sinking City. I forgive a lot, but that is... No. It's not like you're being one of those people that's like, ah, oh, this game isn't locked 60 frames a second, it's unplayable, right. I won't play a 30 frames a second game. It's like Even if I suffered through and tolerated it, it would still have to dominate my video coverage because it's most of my video coverage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't get past it. <laughs> and I'm not normally the person who bangs on about price either. I sort of kind of take the position of, well, you know, all right. If you, you want know. to charge that and people want to pay it, that's the system we have. Yeah. One thing that my original 10 out of 10 review of the first one did hinge on was the fact that it was this budget title mm -hmm. that yeah. raised, like, raised to the challenge of so much ambition. And even though it did everything wrong, it was all wrong in a way that balanced really well for a shocker of a 20-buck game. I don't 
even mind the price in a vacuum for this game, but I, 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 f- I feel conflicted about it in comparison to the first game because it's, it is a game that is running worse than a decade plus old game for twice the price. It is twice the price a decade later and running worse. Yeah. And that's not a good, that, that doesn't feel, make me feel good about spending twice the money. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the amount of time spent outside, like the frame rate indoors and things, like it's still not great, but it's, it's very playable. But so much of, of your time is outside. And it, it, this affects cutscenes. Um, this can affect controls. Like, there's a, a stone skipping mini game that's outside. And every now and then the frame rate will jolt. And I've missed skips with it. Like, this is not charming broken. There are things in here that, like, really fuck with the game consistently. And it's. <sighs> I'm I'm disappointed. And 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 that's the technical stuff. Well, and it seems frustrating for me because it seems like from a UI and a mechanical perspective, just looking at the view, like they've really done some stuff to sort of refine things mm-hmm. and add yeah. stuff oh, yeah. and make it much more presentable. And then to see it chug, I mean, even before you get to like the problematic narrative elements that we know it has now, but like just to see it chug like that it huh. yeah it looks like they've gone to a real effort to address issues people had with the original game and to make it a more playable experience from the, from the looks of it it looks to be a, a game that actually wants you to play it <laughs> yeah side quests can be followed now and and the shootings yeah yeah the shooting's sort of better i mean sometimes it, often the targeting reticle will turn red but still not hit the things but mm. it's better than it was like it it feels like they've tried to make a third person shooter for for those elements mm. um there's more enemy variety um fast travels unlocked fairly early on and the skateboard's really quick so getting around is like way better but there's a lot of things i would have liked to have talked about in my video review uh, or Jim Pressions, I guess. Um, that I just, I just don't want to bother with. <laughs> I don't want to bother with, and I, I can't get to them because there's so much else to wade through. And and at the end of it, I, I don't think it does enough for me to stand by it the way I did with the first game. Um, in fact, I once you add on the the narrative issues, I just. I just lost the urge to keep playing it. That's a real shame. Yeah, I'm I'm gutted. Yeah, like I'm I'm planning to play through it yeah. over the coming weekend because it's a game that has trans content in it. I will be expected to have an opinion on it, but um, yeah, I'm I'm not as excited as I had hoped. Yeah, I tried to warn people in my video. It's like it's I don't know what this game is aiming for because you know. I'm on the edge of my seat throughout this whole game as it dabbles in content that is, you know, just fucking a a minefield. And it is not taking much care with any of it. And at first, like, York goes on this, you know, a little awkward, but but cute little rant about uh, against transphobia, against the way a character in the game has been treated. Uh, and there's even a conversation you can have with the, the girl, Patty, that follows you around. Um, 
where York talks about respecting uh, pronouns and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, yeah. so long as, you know, we keep it at this level. Oh, wait, no, it's it's carrying on. Oh, oh, there we go. York's dead named her. And then from then on, it's a whirlwind of dead naming and, and, and shocking treatment and just all sorts of awkwardness. And I believe I saw someone, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong on this, because obviously I've not experienced it myself yet, but... Apparently the reasoning given for deadnaming the character by York is basically amounts to, well, we're trying to solve a mystery. It's easier and less confusing if we don't worry about, you know, multiple names. We'll just, we'll just use their dead name. It's not at all addressed that way. Uh, okay. Oh, oh yeah, because everything about the storytelling of Deadly Premonition lends itself to fucking clarity. <laughs> I mean, yeah, God. it's uh, sorry. There's no reason for it. He's not the only one that that you know starts yeah. throwing the name around. The other protagonist at one point misgenders. Uh, it's there's no no backing up for it. It's. And I don't know why it's there and why it doesn't stop. Like, that's one of the issues with this game is the accents and the other questionable content, the trans, um, you know, just the, the straight up transphobia that's present in the game. Yeah. It doesn't stop. You're just like, there are several points this game could get off of this train it's on and each stop is a little less good. But at one point, like, it's just, you, you have to admit at one point while playing it, like, there's no coming back from this now. It's just, it's relentless at times. It's really disappointing because I had some real hope. And, like, I'm going to talk spoilery here, because, like, we, we talked about J.J. McField, The Missing, The Island of Memories. We talked about that, like, long ago, uh, enough ago on this podcast that I think we can probably talk in, in spoiler terms about it now pretty safely. Mm. Um, yeah, that is a game that Sweary released, and it's probably, like, the most easily recommendable of his games, with the least caveats. It is a... It, it's quite a heavy game in places, but it is a game about a trans character finding the will to push on and keep going after attempting suicide and ultimately it's this story of of hope and of like i'm i'm not going to let my life stop here i'm going to keep going and everything's going to be okay and this trans woman character is never dead named is never misgendered uh gets to have a positive happy romantic ending at the end of the game and I had hope. Yeah. Because like Sweary has had problems with representation of not necessarily trans people, but uh, villainous men in dresses as a thing in the past. Like, if we look at the original Deadly Premonition, Thomas as a character, not strictly a trans woman or anything, but that is an effeminate man in a who who wears a dress and dresses up as his sister to be, uh, murder women. He is a danger to women. And he only is seen wearing the dress when he's off to go do some woman murdering. And and Thomas is painted as a sympathetic character in a yes. lot of ways. It's not that it is cruel you know, or not even, even, I don't know, villainous isn't even a word I would necessarily apply in this context. But I don't know if villainous is the right word, but like, re regardless, there it is okay. The first person we find out, oh, you've been doing some of the killing is, ah, here is effeminate man in dress. Right. And it's still a problem. Yeah, it's iffy and it's complicated. And I've given that a lot of leeway since playing The Missing, because I've looked at it sort of through this, this lens of, look, it looks like Sweary went out of his way to learn to better represent, you know, uh, gender non-conforming or trans people. He went and sought out uh, trans consultants for the missing. And I was like, 
okay, maybe he has learned. I'm willing to put up with some iffiness in the first Deadly Premonition with that context. And this just kind of seems like it's maybe throwing that in the trash. Well, I mean, as I look back on it from what I've played, the original pro-trans speech that York has, which is then followed with, you know, someone's uh, gender and, and... uh, background and everything has no bearing on whether they've done good or bad and all of this and it just it feels like the game is giving itself permission mm. from that point on to then do whatever the fuck it likes yeah. and the result is something that you know people are gonna it it, it needs it, very much like the, the trans stuff in The Last of Us Part 2, although I think in Deadly Premonition it's on a, a far worse scale. Oh, you know, it's something it that reviews it. and criticism need to bring up. Like, people who are interested in this game are best served knowing going in what to expect. Yeah. I don't know. I <sighs> you, would vent, you would have a difficult time, I think, finding a bigger fan of the original Deadly Premonition than me i think all th- all three of us very much like it like we were very excited to like do a spoiler thing at some point about the sequel you know i might yeah not play it now <laughs> or i wouldn't or, bl- i wouldn't blame you or may very well just wait until i could get it on sale and and see for myself how uh how 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 it went cuz i i don't know if i can handle that level of disappointment like right in front of my face right now, and uh, you can't let let me let me spoil it for you. You can't you can't handle how disappointing it is. Mm-hmm. I can't. It's a fucking shame. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's uh, got got got. I got time this weekend now. I got my, my weekends <laughs> opened up. Yeah. I got things I can do. I'm so I I've been so sad about it. I didn't even use the great joke I was going to use in my video of it. I was going to say. Is this game's frame rate a popular form of Elizabethan neckwear because it's rough and it was the best joke I've ever come up with <laughs> and, I, and I didn't use it. That's how sad I... I'm very sad. I'm very sad and I want sweets and presents. Yeah. It, the, the, the only other thing I keep mulling over about, like, the conversations we've had before this show about about some of that content, yeah. and we've we've not said everything about that trans stuff on this episode, but like some of it defies description, mm, honestly. Yeah, I I will say this and try and stay lightly spoilery off of what you've said privately, but um, it sure seems like that conversation of good or evil is irrespective of of identity in regards to the trans conversation. Sure, sure sounds to a certain degree like sweary going well i made a, a, a nice game about nice a nice trans person now i get to do this mm, I, I did that now i get to do this there's just i mean i mean also can we just like point out yeah clearly he's 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 putting trans and gender non-conforming people in both the deadly premonition games because twin peaks had a trans person and he feels like he's supposed to do it like i mean that's always been my theory as well yeah Yeah. that's that's my theory and you cannot convince me otherwise it's twin peaks had a trans character better put a man in a dress or a trans woman in mine this was seen by many people before it went gold and was published and released and sent to critics someone heard the accents that you 
York did and went, yeah, that can that can go out. Yes, the accents, you know, that had to go through localizers and marketing and the voice actor himself. And it and did anyone at any point like my overall? I've I've gone through a roller coaster of feeling with this game from you know initial delight to to shock to a sour taste and disappointment, but the overall feeling is just complete confusion. I am I am confused. Like I know that this absolutely would not pass like just try and imagine presenting this game to Microsoft. Yeah. It, it wouldn't fly. But even for the level it's at, for the the that sort of mid-tier low tier sort of area above indie I guess. Um in terms of of publicity and reach even at that level i don't know how that got through it it makes no sense especially in the current climate of things there's only so far you can blame cultural differences this had to go through local or like local executives and leadership and management and it did and wow so yeah, that's going to be an interesting weekend for me getting yeah. caught up on that game. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could just talk about, you know, the skateboard and the movie quotes and, and you know, how fun York is a lot of the time and stuff. But I, but what's the point? It's just buried under garbage. I played a game this week that was all right. Yeah. Yeah. Can I talk about a game that was all right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I played through a game called Superliminal this week, which uh-huh. I don't know if either of you have played before. I have not. I have seen it on the eShop, I think, on the Nintendo shop. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been on, on PC, it's been on Steam for a while, and it just this week came to Switch. And mm-hmm. again, as I'll always say, you bring a game to Switch, I'll finally go like, oh yeah, that game did look good, fuck it, I'll play it. Yeah. Um, and it is a first-person sort of platforming puzzle game in the vein of something like Portal. You know how the original Portal is like, here's a couple of hours of puzzle game that has one core mechanic, in that case, like the portal gun, that it's going to find as many uses as it can for and then go, right, we had our couple of hours, we got our story done, out we go. This is that, but for a very different mechanic. The narrative conceit is that you have been put into a lucid dreaming state uh, as a way to work through therapy um basically you're you're working through like ah you feel like you don't have enough control in your waking life we're gonna put you into a lucid dream where you're gonna have all of the control and we'll work we'll work through this together and then you cannot wake up out of the lucid dreaming machine and now you're several dreams deep and it's all getting a bit weird um and the core mechanic is perspective i will do my best to explain the concept. It's easiest probably if you look at a trailer, but you know how things look bigger if they're closer to you and look smaller if they're further away? Yeah. It's about shifting the size of objects by playing with that perspective. So let's say you have like a small D6 uh, dice in your hand and it looks very small. You tilt the camera up so you're looking at the ceiling and you've still got this small dice. It now looks like the small dice is very far away and much bigger. You let go of it and it falls from the ceiling and it's now a very big dice. Right. Mechanically, I understand all of this. Trying to imagine it in my head makes, like, my skull bleed. It, it, is, it is something that is much easier to get your head around as soon as you start getting your hands on it. Like, Yeah, I'm going to need to have a look it up. Within, within seconds, it's like, oh, 
this thing is blocking my way. I will grab it and look down at the floor. And now it, it's much smaller yeah. as a result of the shift of perspective. And, you know, there are there are other things it does throughout the game. It plays a bit with uh, non-Euclidean geometry, which is, for anyone who doesn't know, when things don't make physical sense. Um, like you'll go through a doorway, make five right turns and come out where you entered, even though that doesn't make sense. Like, spaces will act in unusual ways. There are environments that will loop within themselves in interesting ways. But it's basically exploring this very dream-esque environment with the mechanic of seeing things from the right angle so that they they exist how you need them to. Um, sometimes you'll need to see things from certain angles so that painted things on the wall are now physical objects because you viewed them from the right perspective. As I said, it's a couple of hours long, and it is exactly as long as it needs to be, I think. It, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Most of the, the puzzles I was able to get without too much difficulty. Um, there was one puzzle that, like, took me a while... Like, longer than I would like to admit, but by the time I, I worked it out, I was like, oh, I 100% understand how this was solved. I was just missing the thing. Uh, like, it wasn't a bad puzzle, it just flew over my head. But, um, yeah, this is the most I've enjoyed a, a like, puzzle exploration game in a while. It, it has a lot of... It reminded me in a lot of places of the Stanley Parable. It reminded me in places of Portal. And it's just... Here's our one puzzle mechanic and our quirky little story. Give it a couple of hours, off you go. Well, there you go. That sounds good. Yeah, I very highly recommend it. I I suspect I will be going... Like, I finished it yesterday and I'm already like, I could just play through it again on stream. Like, I, 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 could, I could go through that. It's a couple of hours. I could play that again. Which is a mark of a, a game has done well. Oh, most certainly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you both? Have you been playing anything else this week? I played Cloudpunk. Oh. Which is, it's, I guess, it's just set a, it's just a cyberpunk type thing, but you're like a delivery driver a, slash smuggler. You're like a courier running through a city. Casey Explosion loves that game. Yeah, it's, it is, it's interesting because it's super chill. I guess your vehicle does take damage and you do have to refuel it. But it's not like there's combat involved. It's just a lot of piloting this car, this air car around really cool looking environments. And then, you know, occasionally landing, getting out of your car and going and picking up an item or talking to some people uh, and then getting back in your car and doing that. And it's got really great music. The visuals are really interesting because it has it's all voxels, but it uses the environment, I assume it is, the environments use seamless textures for like the buildings and things like that. So it doesn't have that rough voxel feel. And then they use low texture stuff for characters and like environmental objects and stuff. And it really makes them kind of both blend in and pop out at the same time. It's got this real neon cyberpunk vibe. It looks really neat. Um, it's a little strange at first. Like when you, you really start to get in and look at those characters and you see that discrepancy. But when you're flying around, it's like really neat. It's really well written. 
the character it's there's a lot of depth built into the world there's stuff everywhere that seems largely incidental that you could just go talk to people hanging out and they have they are characters with names and something about them and there's a sense that there's more there whether or not there is hard to say i played a while but i didn't you know get too far into it um but there's a, a sort of evolving narrative you know around like the worst day of this delivery services existence kind of thing happening mm-hmm. and you being there in the midst of it and it's uh yeah it's really interesting it's very casual relaxing no stress just enjoyable liked it a lot uh don't know if i'll go back to it though is the thing Mm. Like it didn't hook me in in any sense that it's like oh i really got to find out what happens and like a lot of the there's getting in and out of the car and running around and doing stealth already feels a little tedious to me right so i don't know if i'll go back to it but if you do want something that is like no combat seemingly you know no threats just a a thing that you can roll around in an experience for uh, a while and get what seems to be a pretty cool story so far that that is well written you could do worse oh well hmm. yeah and i played something else i played rad oh rad yeah that double fine developed uh I, it, it was probably one of their like oh is that the one where you 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 mutate as you play yes, through it i played that a little bit last year yeah 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 it was in the steam sale mm-hmm. and i was like yeah there there is yet to be a double fine game that i don't appreciate on some level yeah like I don't necessarily love them all. They're not all things I'll play, but there's always something really creative in there that I can appreciate. And uh, I'm, I'm pleased to say the rad is very good. I, I really like the way it approaches your character's evolutions with the mutations and so forth, because it starts out with, you know, getting you new upgrades and then those upgrades get upgraded. Mm-hmm. And there are ways to get them swapped out and uh, you get opportunities to do that, but it's they build upon it in a satisfying way instead of repeatedly making you choose between having one ability or the other. I like that. Mm. The other thing I really love is that it has just a smart execution on helping to manage backtracking because you wind up in a lot of these third-person roguelike games You know, going and finding the dead end and then having to march back to, you know, find another path and so forth. And that can really wear you down. And in Rad, your character, as long as they aren't, like, near death and bleeding out, they leave behind a trail of, like, wild fertility. Just growth of flowers. Yeah. Mm. Which, as long as you're moving on that, you get a speed boost. Ah. So that turnaround goes twice as fast because you're getting that speed boost running the whole way back if you're smart and not obsessive compulsive like i am and decide you need to fill in all of the areas that don't have the green and even then you get some something satisfying out of it too so you know it's a win-win yeah (laughs) it's uh it's got great music again uh there's a track in there that i don't know who owns duran duran's recordings but uh there is probably a case that they're (laughs) real close to ripping off rio in there but that's fine because rio's fucking great 
good tunes in there. Uh, it has this voice. It has that voice thing that kicks in, you know, that super 80s voice whenever you pick something up mm-hmm. at random. You know, you pick up a key and the keys are all old five and a quarter inch floppy disks and it's floppy. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> give me more of that. Uh, it's all neon, and uh, my, if I one real complaint about it is that it chugs. Holy cow. Like, my PC is not the greatest. It's pretty old by now. I can run most games of this nature, you know, like what I expect from this kind of production, Yeah, you know, on high settings, and it's not a problem. I have to run this. I can't stream this on moderate settings, uh, and I have to be in full screen. So it, it really works uh some hardware but um it's a lot of fun nice it's a lot of fun to play yeah and the mutations are cool i like throwing exploding skulls i mean that's that's never not fun right you turn your head turns into an exploding skull and you could throw it and that can become your ranged weapon it's very good it's like decapitat yes with chuck d head chuck d head he chucked oh. that head <laughs> What about you, Jim? You been playing anything else this week? Yeah, I played a game. What you, what you play? It's called Membrane, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it cost me ten cents. Okay. Ah, is this that big that big indie sale that happened? Oh no 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 no! no. It was ten cents though, right? And get this, there's a twist in the tale. That. Is with tax added on. It was actually <gasps> nine cents. Oh. What? Huh? Did you get your, your nine slash ten cents worth? Right. Laura, ask me if the game's good or bad. Is it good or bad? Don't matter, it was nine cents. Conrad, ask me how the game plays. Conrad, apparently it refuses to be part of this. Does he think this is funny? Because it's not. Oh, I'm sorry. I really had to empty my bladder, so I slipped out and I missed the whole. Uh, I didn't realize I was going to be necessary for the bit. Ah, uh, we th- now we threw it over to you, and then we thought we were getting like a deliberate silence. We weren't sure if we were in the bit or not. Oh, yeah. No, that's all I played this week. I think. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jim played something. We'll go back to that. No, Jim. no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Don't matter now, does it? Don't matter now, does it? Hey, Jim, it does matter. I want to know about whether this nine-cent game was good. Right. Here's the thing. It don't matter. It was nine cents. Here's the thing. I would argue it does matter because my time still has some value. And if I'm... Like, I still want to know if a free game is actually good or not. Actually, that... No, I've made the argument. Um, I am, of course, uh being fairly (laughs) facetious. You're being a facetious lad. But there's an interesting phenomenon on the Switch um, where indie developers, after a little while, sometimes they even launch with it, they all have ridiculously deep discounts. Membrane was a 99% discount, and they dropped too. You know, I picked up another one, Defunct, 24 cents. They're... You know, there are indie games as, like, up to, like, 199 that are down from way more than that and apparently i read up on it they make a tidy little bit of coin that way yeah 
I guess they get enough people who have like either money stored in the eShop already that like little bits of change they can't get rid of mm-hmm. or you know for 24 cents I bought defunct. I've heard a lot of people it's the uh, the, the free coins that you get if you're on yeah, Nintendo Switch well, online where yeah. they just give you like here's 30 cents in coins pick some games up mm-hmm. with it. And and it apparently does well for them. I mean yeah, it's a it's a volume thing. I mean, and that's actually this is true Regardless of what the starting price point is and the ending price point in a lot of circumstances, I'm certainly there's a range there. But, you know, what happens is invariably more sales occur when games are on sale and you almost invariably will make up your loss in sheer volume, right? Yeah. And then you you get pushed up the uh, the sales charts, and you start showing up more prominently in store position because a bunch of people bought it. And well, and it's it's also like the way the switch in particular is organized, which is to say poorly. Oh god, yeah. It is very gameable to get your uh your game in the top five on that first row of games by reducing your price way the hell down yeah you know too too near free that's how you can get it there because it's you know what's price low to high well that's one way you can view in there um and biggest discount uh is a way to get in there i believe that's a filter right or something like that yeah Yeah. yeah. so that's how and then you know you sell a ton of them and then you wind up you know most recent sales for the week and you get in there and people will you know you're right because it doesn't matter if it's nine cents, people will just pay the nine cents. But if, say, a hundred thousand people pay nine cents, yeah, now you're starting to talk about a little bit of money. The only major drawback is a lot of indies do it, and yes, the storefront is designed like shit. And when you buy something, you don't retain your place when you're scrolling down all these deals. And yeah. I've got to scroll all the way back down if I buy something. It, it doesn't aid impulse buying, and it really should, because I think they'd make even more money. Yes. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Here's the, the, the really crucial point of this. The games are good. Yeah. This this membrane, I only just started playing it, but it's interesting. It's got this sort of psychedelic by way of Atari look to it, and you're a little figure. Oh wait, do you say membrane? Yeah. Is this uh is this the game uh I, I'm sure I've played this, um where you can sort of stretch the you can change the environment physically. Um You've got a little gun and you can shoot little blocks yeah. and they'll stick to walls and you can make your own little platforms that way, and then you can press another button to basically suck blocks in. Oh yes, yeah. That's about as far as I've got is sort of the early stages of that. But it looks really fun and it's nine cents and I've already gotten nine cents worth in that I played it and didn't hate it for a few seconds. Um, and, and Defunct is another one I wanted to bring up, which reminds me of Valley, if you remember Valley from a few years ago, mm. which is all about sort of forward momentum and you're this little robot with one wheel and you've got a broken engine, you can um, press a button to sort of move forward at a sort of okay pace. But if you go downhill, you can press a gravity button to speed up. But if you hold that gravity button while you're going uphill, you'll slow down. So it's about pressing and releasing to keep the momentum going. And then more mechanics are added, like magnetizing to walls and trying to keep the momentum as you sort of go upside down. And for fucking 24 cents, 
it's an inventive, cute little game. Um, you know, not super duper graphics, but nice big open spaces, a real pleasant sense of speed that you you build up as you as you travel um it's just solving little environmental puzzles mostly just sort of using the environment to get up to things these little points that you've got to um make physical contact with and so long as you sort of get into the 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 sphere um where that item is you'll turn it on you know you'll activate it so it's all about just just using speed and jumping and and the environment to activate these little uh, switches all over the place and yeah, it's, it's, I bought another thing for like a dollar or something. I haven't played that one yet, but I'm, I'm starting to, I'm interested in covering more of them, of, of looking at these games because they are dirt cheap and they're not trash. I mean, so I'm sure there's plenty of trash in there, but there's some great looking stuff. And the ones I've picked up already mm. are, you know, they're worth way more than they're being sold for. But the fact they're there, like, th- there's a lot of stuff well worth looking into in that uh, great deals section. I will say for the Switch eShop, uh, alongside the problem you've noted of uh, getting reset back to the start of scrolling when you buy something, yeah. the Switch eShop needs desperately to have a, a shopping cart function. If for no other reason than, I've done this before, I've done the thing that you've said, where I, you know, I'll go through the deals and just pick up a bunch of stuff I've never heard of that's going for, like, pennies. Except, my bank will routinely block my card because they're like, hey, this looks like suspicious activity. Right. You made yeah. a bunch of back-to-back transactions of tiny amounts of money to one company again and again and again in quick succession, and that looks like fraudulent uh, spending. Oh, yeah. Because of course it does. My bank always, you know... Accuses me of fraud when I do things like buying groceries or, you know, things that are really out of character, like buying things and using my money. The Switch eShop is by far the most common thing that triggers my bank right, blocking yeah. my card is because I'll go through and go, yeah, I'll pick up like 15 games that are each under a quid and I get like seven or eight in and it's like, nah, sorry, you've. you've... They think you're doing an office space. Yeah, they think you're trying to, they're trying to siphon my bank account eight pence at a time. Oh dear, I'm taking this blanket off. That's enough podcast with with the blanket on. You lasted 47 minutes under the blanket. That's that's pretty good going. Yeah, that's a good run. It's honestly the back more than anything else because I then have to sort of bend over and stuff, mm. and it's not good for not good for an already fucked back. So that's it. You've had yeah. your 47 minutes. <laughs> 47 minutes of uh. borderline acceptable quality audio. <laughs> um. So a couple of things this week that weren't games we've played. Um, th- this one is just a uh, heads up because free games is always nice. Um, Ubisoft's got their not an E3 press conference thing coming up on, on Sunday. Have they? They're a, they're a shit company. Don't forget that they're a shit company and they've done terrible, horrible things. And they've not done anything really to address those terrible, horrible things that have been done, allowing those terrible, horrible things to perpetuate. So Indeed. Well, hang on. Hang on, Idramo said the word investigation, so... He did say that word. He, who I'm sure, you know, has never heard anything in his 33 years there, you know, just to shock everyone else. Um, sorry, tell us about this this great oh, live stream they're oh, having. It's, it's, oh, it, it's unimportant. I was going to say, Watch Dogs 2 is an alright game. If you want to get that game but don't want to give Ubisoft any of your money, tune in during that E3 thing on Uplay and you can download it for free. So there's a way to get one of their games without having to pay money into a terrible company. I, I will point out, however, 
that by participating in this process, you're increasing their ability to state X number of copies sold towards investors, thereby potentially increasing the value of their stock. So I'm just saying you are still helping them. You are, but equally, like, if that's a game that you are going to at some point purchase, have it for free and don't give them the money. Sure. Don't physically give them money for that. I just think it's rich. That's a thing. That Ubisoft is giving us watchdogs when they're the ones that need them. hey Oh! There was, there's a bunch of footage of that new Assassin's Creed game that leaked online. It's not particularly interesting. It looks a lot like The Witcher 3, but Assassin's Creed... By the way, listener, that... This is how it's going to be from now on. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not not actually sorry. No. No. Like, I'm not, I'm gonna go on about it. If you thought, oh, we each had a little bit too much about Gearbox, oh. Oh, don't, don't worry. I've put these on the docket list knowing full well that it's like, hey, so this is here, but here's an excuse for us to remind you that Ubisoft are terrible and that you should really, really not be supporting them. Here's the thing. It goes without saying. But I'm going to say it all of the time because it doesn't go without saying. Yeah, because Ubisoft would like it to just be, oh, OK, well, we said that story now. Now to go back to telling you about our our uh, Battle Royale we release. I don't even know what that's called. I've paid it zero attention, that game. Well, I just I think in the past it was e- easy enough to just ignore Ubisoft. But now anytime they want to say anything they're just going to remind me of what a terrible fucking company they are and that's the only thing i'm going to think about so i'm going to have to say something about that yeah every yeah. single time they do anything mm-hmm. i i think we would be remiss if we didn't remind you every single time so yeah video game but also i don't know how i'm covering assassin's creed valhalla later this year all i know is i will and it's going to be unique <laughs> Uh, because my oh the, oh yeah don't get I, don't yeah. get the wrong idea because we recognize how stale this can be and we will work very hard to find creative ways yeah to express what a terrible <laughs> fucking company ubisoft is yeah oh I hope I hope you're ready for that Ubisoft thing on Sunday though, because like you know how how this last month has been a, a, a lot of discussion about hey let's let's not glorify cops as a thing. Mm. Well, uh, we got some leaks about uh, the the Watchdogs Legion, that game where you can body hop between all the people. And the first thing that leaked was, hey, you can you can be a cop, and here's all the cool superpowers you get for playing as a cop. And that's probably going to be a part of their E3 thing on Sunday is, hey, look how fun it is to, to be a cop. You can be corrupt and get your friends out of jail. Oh, isn't that fun? <laughs> it's... It's a shame that the people working at Ubisoft haven't had more negative experiences with the law, isn't it? Oh. A real shame. It's a shame they haven't had more experience with crisis management. Jesus Christ, what's wrong with them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's, that, that's going to be fun when they go up on a big stage and start going, hey, look at all the cool powers you get for being a cop. Well, I, I, I hear they might be firing a bunch of PR people, so good time for mm. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, they're going to be using hashtags. Yeah. (laughs) And I wouldn't normally advocate for that. But when you've been, you know, covering for abuse uh, at seemingly every level, I don't feel like abusing a hashtag is really all that important. 
I'm just saying they'll be using them. Yeah. And and we know from past E3 shows, they always want something they do to go viral. Yeah. We could make everything they do go viral. I mean, I, it'd be nice. <laughs> we could try our best. It would be nice if every time something they do comes with a reminder. And, you know... I hope we see it happen more among media. Uh, more than it's happening now. Which is to say... Uh, sometimes. Not <laughs> totally never. I, I've been keeping an eye. Sometimes. Uh, see, uh... I mean, all I'll say is this, especially based on some re- reviews I've been reading today. All I'll say is... IGN could review Birth of a Nation and only talk about the cinematography. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In other video game industry news of of shitty practices, they're definitely not going to happen until they happen. New Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot 4 is coming at some point later this year. I think it's in like November or something. And there's been a bunch of store pages that were like, hey, microtransactions are a thing. And... Activision stepped up and went, no, no, no. Did Activision say no? Because I know the developer did. Has Activision said no? Uh, it's, sorry, I, 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 um, uh, let me double check. Okay, because it's it's an important distinction yes. because <laughs> yeah. the developers Let's of double check the developers of Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled or whatever it is, they also you know had been like, oh, that you know, there's going to be none of that monetization and stuff, and then you know, basically. And I'm not saying anyone lied. What I'm saying is what the developers intent may not necessarily be what Activision mandates, either now yeah. or a couple of weeks from now, as they want to do. Mm. This may be microtransaction-free. I'd love it if it was. Yes. But Activision has given me no reason to give them the benefit of the doubt. You you are correct. The distinction is important. It is the developer who has said uh-huh. this, not Activision. Thank you for catching that there. So, yeah, I was going to bring up, like, Crash Team Racing had no microtransactions in it, dot, 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 until two weeks after it launched. And I've seen a lot of people suspicious of Crash 4 doing the same, and I can't blame anyone for that. Nope. Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice if they're not there. Yeah. But, I mean, we certainly won't know for definite at launch is the thing with Activision. Yeah. They could arrive at any time. All I will say is, we know that that game comes with pre-order bonus uh, costumes and, I mean, I'd like to believe that an Activision-published game will give you those uh, pre-order-exclusive costumes down the road just for free, just for having had the game. That sure seems like a thing they would charge you to have. Either way, it, it you know, it, it establishes a precedent for monetization um, of some kind, because skins yeah. and whatnot, which is, you know, whatever... But we'll we'll see. I mean, I just don't trust Activision as far as I can throw it. Pay yeah. pay some fucking tax. Yeah, Activision, pay some fucking tax. I I I don't need to pay yours. You pay just some. Like, can we remind people just how shitty that that Crash Team Racing thing was? Because they got to ship that game with. Uh, the recently added uh, thing that's meant to go on the box, the thing that says this game has microtransactions in it, they got to ship their game without that label on there. Their Peggy rating didn't say this game has microtransactions, and yet the game had microtransactions. Like, And again, I need to point out, yeah. these ratings, the in-app purchases uh, ratings, was set up by the ESRB 
to cover the industry's back. Yeah. It was to protect them from criticism of using loot boxes and stuff. This was their compromise. It was, okay, we'll shove this in. Are you happy now? And Activision couldn't even resist circumventing that. It was weeks that this thing had existed and they were already like, fuck it, we got to get around it. Even self-imposed fake, I mean, let's face it, it was performative. Yeah. Self-imposed performative regulation is still too much regulation for Activision Blizzard. I mean, if that doesn't just sum up the fucking game industry. So, you know, it might not have like transactions in it, it might do. We will find out one day... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, did either of you Pay have some tasks? <laughs> For God's sake! Yeah. I mean, all corporations please play some tax. I have to! A lot! Fucking hell. It would be real nice if corporations had to pay tax. Getting fucking bailouts because of COVID. Save up! If you don't have enough in savings, that's your problem, corporation. The thing is, they do! Bobby fucking Kotick. Sometimes I just say his name. Sometimes I say his name and rue him. <laughs> I like to get a good rue in now and then. Just, just, oh, just, I tell you what, I've got nothing to do for an hour. I think I'll sit down and have a bloody good rue. <laughs> right. Have either of you got anything else you wanted to throw in this week, or is that us done I've for the week? My piece. Yeah. You said your piece, Conrad. Yeah. Have you said your piece? I'm guy got no other pieces. Has he gone for another piss? Has he? Just, he just, he just, he does not want to be on this episode. He just goes off. I, I muted. I muted the <laughs> Skype. I actually said something. It's on the recording. Um, yeah. No, I got nothing. I got no more pieces to give. All right. In that case, I think I think we've given all our pieces. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, Laura, what what can they look at now? Me, the bit where I do stuff. Uh, yeah, what, what else can they see? <laughs> Laura K. Buzz everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, uh, laurakbuzz.com. Every Friday I do uh, an episode of Accessibility on YouTube where I talk about uh, accessibility and representation in the games industry. The episode that is going up this week is about Ring Fit Adventure and its various uh, ways that it allows people with disabilities to play its exercise video game. Here's a spoiler, next week I'm probably going to be talking about Deadly Premonition 2 and trans stuff. Other than that, there's books, uncomfortable labels, things I learned from Mario's butt, gender euphoria, there's a bunch of podcasts, there is... Pixel Squirt, there's uh, Queer and Pleasant Strangers, and there's Dice Funk. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and seven, and I'm on that show with Comrade. Hey, that's right. You are on that show with me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman. You can hang out with me on Twitch. I'm there a lot of weekdays uh, at twitch.tv slash that Conrad Zimmerman. Come hang out. I play weird shit. Like, I play a lot of indie stuff because that's really all I care about anymore. But uh, but if you're looking for weird stuff you might not have seen played, um, come hang out. Uh, you can buy anti-capitalist propaganda from me at pinfultruth.com. You can buy audiobooks from me at conradreads.com. And uh, you can hear me on some other podcasts like uh, Boston's Favorite Son or Spinoff Doctors, which we will record this week, I think. Uh, I I think that's feasible, so that'd be good. And uh, Jim has a Patreon, I think, right? Uh, Yes, actually. Yes, I found it just behind this couch here. Hello. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's uh, patreon.com slash jimquisition. Thank you always for your support, especially lately. There's just been... um, 
just an extra little swell of support, which uh, with the topics I've been covering lately, I honestly worried about the opposite as has happened before. But I think I've reached the point where a lot of the people who are following me and really hadn't thought through their decision to do so um, have kind of been shaved away now. So, yeah, people have been really cool and sent a lot of messages, uh, especially with sort of some of the stuff I've talked about lately. And um, thank you for sending them. There are so many, so I'm sorry um, if I've not replied. It's just I've read them all and they are great. Um, But, yeah. There's just so many, and I don't want to just sort of copy and paste responses. Um, But thank you, and I guess that's it. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.